0: Eight four three six eight three seven. 6837
1: Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. All right, once
2: again, family while Black, we back at y'all. We here. This is your host, Art. What's up, everybody? Vince with you again. Y'all ready to get some learning some yes. some teaching?
1: Yes, yes. A good little educational dose today. I uh, want to give a quick shout out and some love to DRS Studios. Go check them out at DRSATL.com. Another dope episode. So lately, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, folks talking about building up entrepreneurship. And even you've heard some folks talking about, hey, man, I'm going to buy up the block. Like that's a big, a big track, big song. Well, guess what, family? We gonna, We want to talk about a little bit of that today. Before we get started and we jump into it, we're talking to an expert on both those topics, um, real estate, entrepreneurship, investing, um, some of the most empowering concepts for our community. Knowledge is the key. We plan to unlock the to some wisdom on this episode, some insights, some techniques. We got the key maker tonight. (laughs) Yes. That's going to help build some generational wealth. So let's jump right in. But first... Let's talk about this business real quick. So hopefully, everybody, y'all know why we're here, y'all know what we do, but I'm going to run it across to you one more time. Wild Black does two things. One, we tell the stories of black folks in all industries who by choice or by force act in this nuanced manner. Think how we, when we're at work and we do the whole code switching thing, right? Um, How we get pulled over by the police. I mean, we accompany all the stories that we have and we bring that together with expert information to help us be able to cope with that, to survive, and also to thrive. Two, we tell the stories of the struggle from success from us, for us, and by us that hopefully will inspire us to go and grow. So episode after episode, that's what our purpose, that's what our focus is, and we're going to continue to make that rock. We
2: need your help, though. We need
1: like your this. Always, help. Always, always, always. So listen, as you know, the three things we want you to do.
2: It's free to listen, but it ain't free. Come
1: on. (laughs) We need you to share the podcast. Hit up your family, your friends, your network. Make sure that everybody that you know that can get benefit from this podcast has this from you. Listen, if you know them, they should know us. Look at it that way. We family. Correct. Yes. Hit iTunes. Whatever you listen to our podcast on, make sure that you rate us. Five stars is what we love to see. Um, Keep that up. And then three, last and most important piece, uh, talk to us. We generally hit our inboxes for email, Instagram, you know, Twitter, hit us up, Facebook, we we are all over it. Check the description out. We love y'all. We want y'all to make sure y'all hit up, up with those three things. And we gonna jump right in. And Lissa, that's an easy ask. Those were three easy. easy. Oh yeah, asks. Easy.
0: It's, it's I thought it's y'all was easy. coming with the collection plate. No, we, should, <laughs> we, we need to bring I, the collection I, plate I, I, out. I, I, when, you <laughs> said, when you said, I, I, I wouldn't have been mad at that because y'all time is valuable. This this operation, right. this studio, this equipment is valuable. My this bad. this community of galvanizing, in my opinion, is valuable. That's right. I thought you were going for a donation, and I wouldn't have been mad at it. <laughs> y'all just said like, share, comment, and give me a that's rating. It. I, right, give right. us some love. See some shit. That's a. We have
3: exchange, to add no robbery. <laughs> items. We have to add four items now, We plate.
2: like that, right, right. That's We're going to rotate That's it around it. our user base. <laughs> well, look, family, you already heard him talking. I want to take a second, <laughs> introduce today's guest. We've got brother Jay Morrison with us. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him, and then I'm going to hand the mic to him and let him speak to you for a minute. Our guest today is an educator, a business mogul, influencer, a CEO, a CEO. E- oh, real, this is real shit. Founder of the historic Tulsa Real Estate Fund. The first black-owned real estate crowdfund. You need to know if you don't already know. Beating the odds growing up in poverty, dropping out of high school, and serving time in prison for drug trafficking, our guest was able to turn his life around by breaking into real estate and becoming one of the industry's biggest influencers. It's not over when you think it's over. This path would not only keep him off the streets, but it would eventually lead him to build two eight-figure businesses. I said eight-figure businesses. Teach 50, maybe more now, inner-city corner classes across multiple cities, and author two of the best-selling books, period. While Black, let's welcome Mr. J. Morrison to the show. Brother, talk to the people a little bit. Tell them a little bit more about you.
0: First and foremost, uh, I'm grateful to God, um, honestly, uh, just for the opportunity to be here today and be who I am today to uh, uh, my family, my last name, our culture, our community, uh, and being the presence of some kings um, and uh, our queens also who are listening and watching. Uh, so yeah, I'm, 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 you said it. I'm Jay Morrison. I, I am a multiple time over CEO, chief executive officer. Um, you know, what you want to know, man? Where are we going with this? What's up? Like, hey man, I, I'm busy. Great. I'm active. Like, we we I, know. We I, see the Instagram. Feed. I, I want to say this. I want to start like this. Since we're talking Black Talk and we're talking community, which I love the fact you guys are creating a, have created a podcast community, right? right. This is like mm-hmm. this is like Black people fireside talk, like fireside Absolutely. chat. This That's, is yep. That's like, exactly right? what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel it. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Right. Yep. And so I appreciate that, and we need more. Like for instance, last night, late night, two o'clock in the morning, Instagram Explorer page scrolling and uh, a video pops up. I forgot the, king, the brother's name, the king's name, and basically what he said, the difference between a black man and a white man. Right. And that was a caption that gets you to click on it, but it had nothing really to do with the white man. It wasn't a race-baiting thing. Right. What he was saying is that as black men, we go through society waiting for the disruption. Right? We go through society playing defense. So black people and black men specifically, as we're trying to build for our families, or build in business, build whatever, even communities like this, somewhere I guarantee during the course of y'all podcast, I guarantee you, I'll bet the the whatever I got in my pocket right now, <laughs> I ain't never met neither of y'all brothers a day in my life, but I guarantee you, I guarantee at some point during the building of this podcast or the course of this podcast, one of y'all have said or been in a room with one of your associates and have said they might shut us down for Doing what we're doing, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely,
1: say, absolutely. absolutely. That absolutely. is
0: living life, playing defense. That's right. Waiting for disruption. And what it said is that a, a, a white man or a non-oppressed person, right? Because oppression is just a burdensome system, a treatment mm-hmm. of a burdensome system. So when you go through life expecting, man, if I if I build this, man, they might come get me. Man, if I if, if, hey, if I go stand up for Mike Brown, they might come get me. If I go stand up for Eric Garner, hey, they, they, they might. And we go through life thinking that if we do too good for our community, we up. might be another Marcus Garvey, another Malcolm X, another Dr. Luther King, another Fred Hampton, the another Sasha The, side of the will
2: be set off on you.
0: Right. And that video last night, um, it sparked something in me. And honestly, I reposted it and put up a caption and then I archived it 30 seconds later. And I archived it because of the same reason what the video just yeah. said. Yeah. Is that yeah. as we get too vocal, too big, too organized... Too leadership oriented, there always is the overlooming threat of disruption. Well, listen, if
2: you are archiving us, we are doing our job. I want you to be <laughs> uncomfortable.
0: That's, and that's, that's how you grow. Oh, yeah, we, we gotta push we, our we, boundaries. So, so what well, yep. my caption said last night, and I might actually post this because it is an archived and I can bring it back.
2: Bring it on back. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. I'll be looking
0: for listen, it tonight. Yeah. I, got, I got a lot of things going on in my life right now. <laughs> listen, I've been building, I've been playing offense. Or oh, you know what? DM Wild black. We'll, 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 put, we'll put it on. <laughs> right, cool, cool. But what I said is that, and it wasn't even that radical. But what I said was that if you go through life playing defense only, and you never play offense, that's pointless. And I put "pointless" in quotes, meaning you can't score points playing defense. That's right. You can't build family wealth just playing defense. Cannot that's do it. You can't be, build community wealth. You can't bridge the wealth gap playing defense. Meaning, being scared of disruption and always being, well, we got Washington folks. I don't know. I don't want to do too much. The only way that we're going to bridge the wealth gap, which is my life's mission, is to bridge right. the wealth gap literally. I mean, really move the needle. Mm-hmm. Not theoretically, because it's a great quote. Right. Or a great you want to see
2: something happen.
0: Right. Real move, money. Real progression. Right. Yeah. Real, real. Malcolm X said, Honorable Malcolm X said, our brother Malcolm X said, we suffer from political oppression, we just discussed, right. economic exploitation. And social degradation, in his speech, the Ballad of the Bullet, I write about this in my best-selling book, "The Solution:: How right. Africans and Americans Achieve Unity, Justice and Repair." So I took Malcolm X's diagnosis of our community and I created uh, at least the start of a blueprint for an antidote. And so I, I tackled the political oppression piece through our uh, unity, right through our black vote day and our unity concept, like literally univi- unifying our people. Yeah, like sitting black people down at some point through an organized manner, saying all right, what's our flag? What's our declaration? What's our agenda? What's our vote? Who are we as a people? Okay, right. I understand we Moors. I understand we Hebrew Israelites. Let's I get some I understand we're new Africans. <laughs> I understand we're... All right, how about we all just put our, all our ideologies and philosophies out there, sit our ass down at a convening, and let us vote on the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do what civilized people do when they can't come to a collective agreement. Yeah. Let's vote, vote as people, and then we decide what our nationality is, and based on that nationality, we then begin to... Uh, govern ourselves and create the kind of infrastructure we need to govern ourselves. Yeah. Right? That's it. Solution. I like that. I like, I like right? that kind and then of from, that kind Then of we thing. combat our political oppression by political unity, by a, a collective, organized manner, right? A plebiscite. The word unity. Amen to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Economic exploitation, which is the focus for tonight. And I'm, I'm going to get to that second, last. Social degradation, right? being degraded socially, and mm-hmm. accepting being degraded socially, and more importantly, self-social, uh, self-social like participating social degradation. participating in this. Right, yeah. participating and wallowing in and gloating in your own degradation. Mm-hmm. The fact that we are asphyxiated, uh, we are addicted to this word called nigga is one of the most core social degradation examples that we can't even agree. We've come <laughs> up with <we've> come up <laughs> a ways to justify nigga in multiple It's my artistic expression. Or oh, it really means "nigga,"s or really, <laughs> every word to take something that has been that has been historically documented, used mm-hmm. to degrade us and minimize our human dignity. Yeah, it's weaponized. And, and, our, and our our standing as, as men, we've embraced this word so so dearly, and nothing about it is an elevation to our social degradation. Right? To combat degradation or being degraded, you need to elevate, elevate right? someone. Right. And so, again, the same thing goes with the word bitch and other terms that we use to describe our women and fluid and, you know, this, is, this has kind of become our culture that we've adopted and accepted, right? Right. And so to combat that, uh, we simply do—and it's something I've adopted for the last three years now and that everyone around me has adopted—is we simply refer to ourselves as kings and queens. I felt that. I've right. that. So that's right. what we do. That's how I and talk listen, to my children. Listen, that's, that's, is a great, everybody, that's a great energy level. Right. That's, that's my whole point. Is everybody a king? That. No. But will they ever be a king if you call them nigga? Probably not. Right? Is yeah. everybody a king? It's no. Or queen? No. But, but if but you I, feel like you are or speak, should be, you and may get there. I speak life into you anyway. I'm with that. Yeah. I I want to raise that. the frequency. So yeah. my whole— It's elevation. 36 staff members in our company— Everybody, emails, texts, everything. Hey, King J, hey, King Mock, you grab that for me. Hey, Queen Jazz, hey, Queen Brandy, all throughout our organization, through my personal life, family, everyone. It just is a frequency elevator, right? Love it. So that's, and it costs it cost us nothing. That's right. This Correct. is a way to elevate our community. It don't cost nobody shit. Yeah. No, it don't cost nobody nothing to, and I'm gonna give you one story, then we'll get to economics. I was out with some of my friends from Chicago a couple summers ago here in Atlanta. Right, these are street dudes, and I'm still always who I am. I see some black women walk by. Hey, queen, how you doing? Peace, queen. Like I'm, a, I'm not gonna let you most times walk by me as a black man or woman without greeting you, at least a head nod. That's another form of again our unity and Just elevation. my black queen. Right. So anyway, I say what's up, queen. Big bro says, hey, king. Now, listen, I force people to call me king. I don't say you gotta call me king, but you feel uncomfortable calling me anything else, because all damn calling you king. You feel uncomfortable <laughs> calling me nigga. <laughs> or anything else. It's like I shouldn't even, I, I have
1: to respond to him in a way that he's responded to me. Absolutely. At I least when you think about of elevating the level.
0: Right. I got guys like, damn, bro, I'm working on it, King. I'm working on it. But they feel level of, right? So anyway, he says king. They owe you that. That's what they feel. We should owe. Ourselves that it's an elevation. It's like, oh yeah, you gave it to me. I should give back to you. Yeah, you can't. I can't be around you calling me king all day and king, 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 right. king, king. And then I'm just like my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Yeah, nigga, like that, that nigga. You start feeling like, damn, bro, like 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 you putting dirt on me or something, <laughs> right? Like, my like, frequency off. Yeah, my frequency off. <laughs> right. So anyway, he says, "This is damn king." He said. He said, you're killing them with that queen thing, ain't you? Just before I was married, I was still out there dating. So, you know, the queen smiled. I said, what's up, queen? She smiled at me. He right. said, you killing them with that king, that, that queen thing. I said, King, it's not about, you know, trying to get a number or hollering at her. I said, I'm just trying to, you know, speak some life into her. He said, man, I know women in Chicago. who ain't been called nothing good their whole life. I said, King, you the big homie. I said, if you know women in Chicago who ain't been called nothing good their whole life, who fault is that?
2: That's right. You got to take some ownership in that. Because yeah. you Cause know, your fault
0: you spoke called to yeah. That's your fault. Yeah. If you're the big home, if you're the boss, if you run your area, you are whoever you are to the world, and you know. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For black women, it's not a Chinaman job to make a black woman feel (laughs) uplifted. Right. It's not a Russian's job. It's not an Italian man's job to make a black woman feel uplifted. As a black man, we
2: got some responsibility. Mm -hmm. As a black woman, you also have some responsibility. Yeah. They do. We're made for each other. If we don't lift each other up, no one will. Yeah. Bro, it's no mad simple. Will. Like it we, is. Make, we
0: make these problems seem so complicated, yo, and they're mad simple. All the power's in our hands. True story. No white man, no Jim Crow, no. Hey, we, we got yes. the right one Oppression. tonight, don't we? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, nothing yeah, got yeah. nothing to do with none of that. These are things that we control. Correct. God gave us the power for me to call you king all day, and you to call me king, and That's that right. shit's solved.
2: Right. Listeners, you know how I do it. I'm <coughs> I'm gonna go on out there and predict it. I'm gonna step out.
0: <laughs> go ahead.
3: I think we got. I think, we, go. Go. I
2: think we got a banger yeah, tonight. One, I think it's happening. <laughs> I think it's going down again. <laughs> I do
1: think you it's feel gonna the, happen. Dude, you just, just elevate right
2: there. I'm about yes. to start singing Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> because
0: what, 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 what <laughs> can we gonna do? We gonna, <laughs> we gonna wallow in our misery and keep talking about what they <laughs> did to us? And these are things that we can change, bro. Like this, right, that's right. This is this is called. my soul jumping. Self determination. Excuse me. Self-determination.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Like
0: it. We got to be determined, like, forget. We know the odds against. And that's what I'm talking about in my book. I don't ignore right. the other accountability.
3: Right.
0: The people that oppressed us, traumatized us, enslaved us, Jim Crowed us, mass incarcerated yes. us, they owe us. For sure. Right. They do. And, and, and
2: they what do. we've proven is they, they cannot stop us. They cannot beat us if
0: we remember there's power in this skin. We cannot be asphyxiated on the fact that someone owes us has wronged us. Now, mind you, again, if you owe me $10, you're not giving me nine. But. Right. If I have the ability to go make my own 10 still, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the nine or the dollar you owe me when I got the ability. I'm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get my one. I want my money, me. but I'm right. not
2: focused on it. I got other building a, to do. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah.
0: With you. I'm not going to solely focus on that. But right. all my, so all of our energy in, into most of activism and progression is all about what somebody owes us or what they ain't do for us and what they, right. instead of what we can do for ourselves. Right. And I just gave you two simple answers of organizing ourselves through a unity vote called a plebiscite. And Black Vote Day, which actually, through humanitarian law, per the UN, is how you establish yourself as a nationality. The first thing is a plebiscite right. to establish who you are and announce yourself through a public vote.
2: I feel like I'm on trigger mm-hmm. warning right now.
0: Killer so Mike. We can do it, <laughs> right? So we can do that, and we can simply elevate. Imagine this. Imagine if everybody, and I, I said a 30 day challenge, everyone would see the frequency change. And I challenged Killer Mike right. and Tip and other ones who I know. Yo, all we gotta do is it costs us nothing. Let's see what that frequency looks like when we are saying, right, what are you, next subject, economic elevation. Right. <laughs> well, for, I, I want to say, I,
2: I, I love the thought there, right, because we spend a lot of time as a community talking about what we're going to do. You yeah. hear all this connotation about Just do I'm going to buy back the block. Shut the fuck up. There's some do things the you can do before you even got to spend the dollar to buy the block. There's some free shit we could do. Yeah, that you have an accountability and a responsibility to do that you ain't doing.
0: You won't yet. even do the free right. shit. Yeah. Right, right,
2: <laughs> If you won't do what's free, <laughs> the block ain't getting
1: bought hey, but back. but check this out, though. Do you think people know that they need to do that even though it's free?
2: Um,
1: Or, no. or do they even know that that's an accountability or responsibility that they hold?
0: That's part of the, the, the awareness and exposure message mm-hmm. is that a lot of us are, are just caught up. And even in our personal lives, a lot of us just don't have great self-development skills. Yeah. Right. Yep. In general. Yeah. That's true. And, and what's really called emotional intelligence, right? This is really the key. EQ. Emotional intelligence is your ability to be aware of and honest with yourself and transparent of where you are, who you are, Man. and be able to adjust and recognize based on that accountability of, of being aware of where you are in life and also being able to see where others are and be able to respond to them accordingly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for us as a community, because of our trauma um, and lack of education to some degree, we have a low emotional intelligence. Right. So we're very quick to blame. We're very quick to point out instead of point in. Yeah. Because that, that, that takes some maturity.
2: Right. It's, it's painful to self-reflect and be self-aware. Right. Especially when you know inside there's already something broken and you don't want to stop and fix it. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah, that's painful. So that means you, now I got to do some shit.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> I, 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 that means I got I to gotta fix and I got to correct me. It's much easier to just say I can't do it because of them. Right. It's, in real estate. Yeah. It's much easier to say I can't do real estate because my credit, uh, uh, my credit's jacked up.
2: Right. Man, that's why you? I can't lose weight because the wife's steadily bringing Twinkies into the house, this ain't my fault. You know what I'm saying? Never your fault. It's all on her. It's your fault because you gave me Girl Scout cookies. You know what I'm saying? That's right, That ain't right. on I me. I contributed to to where you at. You ain't right. Yep. See, do I have to call him King because he, he gave me the Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> although he, he was uh, King. Uh, although he uh, he sabotaged your your, your, your yeah, plan. Yeah, your plan. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. I've gotten some heated arguments and cursed some 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 Kings out, but it still was Kings.
2: I love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I, I mean, even myself, even in a moment though. when you're upset,
2: still give that brother the respect to uplift it, himself. It, it even
1: elevates the 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 argument or the or the disagreement because it's like it does. We still got a high level of respect for each other right. in it's the like, terms like that fuck we use right
2: now. Even if I ain't agreeing enough, with you, right? He yeah. said, like, "How can I be mad at him?" And he just uplifted me. me. Yeah, he just hit <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so perplexed. How he, dare you
0: make me feel good about myself? You while we are right right <laughs> come on and that's why i say it, 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 it's, it's harder to kill a king than it is a nigga
2: i'm with hey, i like that that's a clip that is a that's clip a, that's, that's a that, for right? later <laughs> on <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. harder to kill a king than yeah, yeah.
0: it is a nigga <laughs> all like, right well look what?
2: this is how i know it's gonna be a good one because when, when we get in here and we go completely off path i already know it's yeah gonna i went way awesome. i went way no attention. it's all good <laughs> it already set the tone anybody listening they they're not going away right now. They know they're no way gonna they're gonna tune away from what they just heard. Right. So we we do what hmm. we call wild black shit. It's Let's normally to get you warmed it. up. I don't think he needs no type of warm up. <laughs> the coast is already you know on fire. But we still gonna have a little fun, and our sure, listeners love indeed, this. Indeed. So I'm I'm gonna ask two questions tonight. Sure. One of them is fun. Have a good time with it. The second one. I'm real eager to hear the answer it's the to that signature one because I know question. it's going to be rich. Oh, it's
0: the signature uh, question. Let's bring it. Let's bring it. Let's talk to <laughs> He already answered it, really. Like
2: okay, we're going yep. to get into this. All right. First question. Black parent sayings. This is multiple choice. All right? Okay, gotcha. Finish this line. Don't get in trouble following behind A, your foolish ass cousins, <clears throat> B, those little white kids, or C, those fast ass boys or girls,
0: foolish ass cousins. What, what you going with, bro? <laughs> Mine
2: is a fast ass boys and girls. Yeah, I'm gonna go with D. Right, all of the But my mama said everything on here. I know I ain't giving y'all gotta the D. Right? You got to pick one. Uh-uh, no, you got. I can't pick, go out that way. You got Which one was the most frequently encountered? Right, for, for me, it was probably those, those little white kids. I grew up in an area where. We were by far the minority, uh-huh. and my parents would take it upon themselves to remind me oftentimes, "Hey, <laughs> you can't do, all that right. do yeah. right? You can't do what Bobby's doing. Yeah. You better bring your black ass mm-hmm. home."
0: Yeah. See, I had some cousins whose parents, my my uncles and aunts, were a little more liberal than my mom. Right. Yeah. So my cousins got to do a little shit that I couldn't do. And you go had to look at the window and look and at it. And, uh-huh. and yeah, you go ahead and try that shit you want to. <laughs> <laughs> My mom laid down a law a little different around there.
2: Right. yeah. Back up that piece. I'm going to sneak in one more fun question. I I I knew he was going (laughs) to. I'm going to sneak in one more fun question. I'm going to sneak in one more fun question. What's the common connotation in which a black parent may refer to Boo Boo the Fool? What's the line you might get hit with in reference to Boo Boo the Fool?
0: Oh, you know what it is. It's, everybody should be unanimous. Do I look like Boo Boom. Boo the Fool? Right. <laughs> <laughs> car, there, here's car, my real question.
2: His car secure. <laughs> oh, <Who, no, it's, laughs> his car is. <laughs> there was no question how we secured. started. <laughs> yep. Who in the hell is Boo Boo the Fool, and how does every black parent seem Man, to know him? do nobody.
1: Her? Don't nobody know who Boo Boo the Fool is.
2: Cause in my house, he got called out all the time. We need to Google Boo Boo to
1: fool.
0: It was a Boo Boo one point somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> right.
2: like real talk, I'm kind of scared to to, to Google Boo Boo because it's probably tied to some crazy racist shit in the background right. that like none of our parents knew about and just been putting that into us all this time. So we owe it to the we owe it to the listeners. I, I'm gonna Google Yeah. All right. while you while you Googling Boo Boo? We're going to the last question. So let's talk about it. What do you love most about life while black?
0: Signature question. Mm,
2: that's a good oh, one.
0: Yeah. What do I love most? This is the
2: only question we ask every guest.
0: Mm-hmm. What do I love most about life while black? Quite honestly, and maybe it's just because I've been living black my whole life and right. don't know it any different, is something about being on a talented underdog team. hmm it's something about being inv- involved with a, a organization, a team, a sport, a group or whatever that has potential um, that is untapped and, and underperformed. And it's just something about being that that again, that against all odds, underdog mentality that I like most because one of my white colleagues uh, and advisors uh, Love him. I want to do an interview with him. I'd love to bring him on you all show or something. This guy's yeah. so honest, right? Bring it, bring White it on. guy, Don. And Don said, Shout out, Jay, Don. We, we want to talk to you. Yep. Uh, Don's uh, a great interviewer. And Don said, Jay, he said, I grew up nothing like you. Not even close. He said, the difference with me and you is, he said, you grew up with— uh, How do you word it? You suffered from low expectations. Society, Not me, particularly myself, having low expectations, but society, people, right? I think that's how he worded it. might have been a little different. But the, 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 the thought was in that he suffered from basically having high expectations. So it's like you, he grew up, you know, privileged, white, middle class, whatever. And he's expected to do certain shit. Right. Yeah. We're just expected to do certain shit and own certain companies and just do certain shit. And it's like not a big deal and it's just a norm. Again, back to what I said in the beginning of the conversation. If a white man goes and builds something, he's like, hmm, I sit over there. I'm going to try it. Podcast, I'm going to go do it. Movie, I'm going to do it. Real estate fun, I'm going to go do it. And a, and a white man never thinks about playing defense. Right. He's only thinking about playing offense. Build, mm-hmm. build, build, take, 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 create, 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 make it happen because what's stopping me? Right. Right. As a black man, when we think about making something happen, building, taking, doing, constructing, organizing, founding, creating, it's like, wait. It's what? Then What the folks going to say? Right. And hey, what's my risk here? Yeah. And so you say what I like about being black, and again, it might just be the conditioning of being black and growing up in poverty and growing up a Section 8 kid and growing up a welfare kid and being a high school dropout and being a three-time felon. And doing all that is that I love living life beating the odds and against all odds and proving everybody wrong. So what I love about us is that we have the opportunity when everybody think and has counted us out, the score is 450 years to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When everybody counted us out, them fools can never come back. They can't even get their own shit together. They can't even agree that nigga's a bad word. Mm. We get mad if anybody else called us nigga, but we can't agree nigga's a bad word. Mm, They're that simple-minded That people, but I still believe That some magical way we can organize, galvanize Repair and heal ourselves And make the biggest comeback In cultural, race, national, whatever Post-colonialism history all history And that's what (laughs) I love about being black It's a whole book dedicated to it Where you go, yeah Right, I love being black because it gives me the opportunity to show my ass and show out and show my skills and use my gifts and my calling and do something substantial for a people that everybody has counted out and come back like Jordan in the fourth. Angela, that might be the best one yet, bro. Oh, that one... Okay. That one's gonna be...
2: Griggs, you got some yeah. real competition, yeah, bro. What up, King G? Ooh. You got some real
0: competition, bro. <laughs>
3: Ooh, yeah, that was some heat, So, job. for
0: instance... Tynan Economics, Tulsa Real Estate Fund.
3: Right. We yeah.
0: founded this fund, first black-owned real estate fraud fund in history. We launched June 1st on an anniversary of the Black Wall Street bombing, June 1st, 2018. Yeah, I'm got from Tulsa. So got over $10 million of capital commitments our first week. Raised over $7.2 million cash. First fund to ever do it. Mind you, $7.2 million ain't shit. But for black people, it is. My point is, if a white man went out and raised $7.2 million of a real estate fraud fund, it's We expect you to.
2: Right. Yeah. If you did anything less, we look at you as a failure.
0: But for me, as someone with no college education, never been to B school, no finance degree, with my life experiences to have founded CEO and fund manager of the first black-owned real estate crowdfund in the history of America and be the first man to lead an organization— since Marcus Garvey in 1919, that raised millions of dollars publicly, primarily from Black people, or for the cause of Black people, for me to have—I'm not, not taking any personal credit, not no, me gloating. Got, got, my whole got. organization, my wife, my team, fact is all fact. that. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is that it's also kind of sad a little
2: bit. I'm saying it's it's beautiful and disappointing all at the same, same time. time.
0: But yeah. the beautiful part—it's a journey, I, though, right? But the beautiful part about liking being Black in that is like. Look what we can do! Yeah, Mm. look what we did! Look what look look what we did, and look what we can do. And my 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 thought and my call for our people is not the first fund. My applause and what I'm excited about with the first fund is we proved the concept. Yeah, we proved the scalable, (laughs) sustainable regulated, transparent, and equitable concept of how we all can raise money together. Minimal investment, $500, 8% preferred returns, 50% share of profits to all investors. Everybody's an equity owner. It's not a donation. It's not a GoFundMe. It's not a collection plate.
2: And listeners, by the time this episode is over, I want to make sure you understand what that means. So right quick, I'm going to translate something for you. What he just explained of being the first and achieving a proof of concept Mm -hmm. is very similar to what we all just experienced with the Black Panther phenomenon. That proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can have a movie with a black cast and international exposure that breaks records, that proves that we can do what we do. Even though we already knew it, it proved the the concept. Where's the the proof? That's right. And now behind it, you see um, Get Out did well right in front of it and um, us. Us. uh,
0: I've seen seen that Breaking records. Proof
2: of concept leads to more exploration. Right. But everything you just said kind of leads me to... (laughs) <laughs> the dope quote. And then we're going to really get into this. Art, you want to hit him with the dope quote, bro? Yeah, man. So, and this is a piece
1: of the Buy Back the Block song. I'm about to buy back the hood. It's about your last name meaning something. You heard me? Start with you a duplex. Work up to a Hyatt's. Maybe a small plaza. I'm looking for a mall. Anybody selling a mall, holler at me. You heard me? That's compliments of Rick Ross. What's, what I think is really interesting about that is the amount of progression that he put into steps in order to really build that
0: out. Mm-hmm.
2: I wanted to get your thoughts? I start
0: to open it small
2: up. and bite
1: size.
0: Yeah. Um. No, I love the progression he gave in that. That motivation is needed, and I and, and I'm not saying a butt to Rick Walsh. Well, so I think what we have to start doing as a community is that. We got to start building and stop destroying. What I mean by that yes. is very easy for me to say, well, Rick Ross did and he coulda. Best people do. Oh, you did that, but you coulda, and right. you shoulda. Don't tear yeah. down. Let's build it no, together. build. So mm-hmm. my my build to Rick Ross's and tips and to others who are a part of all kind of buy back the blocks movement, I see a lot of rappers, Meek, yep. uh, Offset, all of them acquiring assets in real estate and Nipsey Hubstone and encouraging others and all that. My only build to it, right? We talk about getting our community more to the last, last level. And this is where, and again, I'm not promoting even my organization. I don't care where the hell people learn it from. We're offering a real estate investor certificate and certification and classes and courses at the most affordable levels. But my build is it's cool to tell somebody to go do something, which they did their part. They're done. Their part is done. They're T- the biggest influencers. Teach them how, to do it. how the hell do I do it though? Correct. Correct. I could say buy a strip mall, I could say buy a hotel, I could say buy a apartment, I could say buy a single a residential house. But right. do you know you could buy that residential house while it was Section 8? You could use a Section 8 voucher to qualify for a mortgage. Do you know you could use a future rental income from multi-units to qualify for a mortgage? Do you understand the appreciation, the equity that you get, the cash flow, the power and control, the air rights, the mineral rights from owning a home? Mm-hmm. Do you understand that you could buy a home with 3% down? Do you understand you could syndicate a deal with 100% financing, even with bad credit, through using the LLC structure and private financing?
2: I'd be willing to bet most people don't even recognize what or how, or the fact that they have air rights on property that they own. Most people probably don't even recognize that. Like, it's, it's the space above you. So, mineral and air. Right. Like, like property? Right. See, Below
1: Mineral it, rights. Right. Yeah.
0: It, Land. Right. Gas, diamonds, gold, fruit, <laughs> vegetables, Platinum. dirt, You're everything parking associated lot, with driveway, that. driveway, <laughs> right. whatever, air, buildup, yeah, right? Everything. So All it's that. like
1: the challenge would be to, to the individuals that you just named and, and individuals that's, that's making statements like that is great message, but you can't start people on level 10.
0: Nope. I won't even challenge them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they did their job. And yes, great message. But I'm saying those who have the information, what we're missing from our what we're missing in our community is educational infrastructure. Right. Yeah. That's why from a JMA standpoint, Jay Morrison Academy, although you may see me teach online and YouTube and other digital platforms, we have a K through 12 curriculum rolling out this year, kindergarten through high school. RBC curriculum Real estate, business, and credit I
3: love We have our certification Rolling young.
0: out this year We've taught over 50 Free corner classes In inner city neighborhoods From the west side of Chicago To Mack and Week in Detroit To Bankhead To a tent in Springfield In Newark, New Jersey To Marcy Ave In Fordham In Brooklyn To I mean, a Fordham Road In the Bronx All over the country Yeah Teaching this Because that's what's missing Right okay. We can say there's dollar neighborhoods In my community Oh, it's a vacant lot Oh, okay i give you a dollar property What's next? What do you do Yeah. What's your next action? How do you even know how to analyze that dollar property to know if it even makes sense? How do you finance it? How do you find funding? How do you get your realtor, your attorney, how do you close it? How do you negotiate it? How do you understand the after repair value? How do you understand the points on the financing? Is there a balloon payment? How do you understand people? How are you even understand the fundamentals of what the f- heck I do <laughs> next in this opportunity? Right. And it's not a rapper's fault.
2: Right, right. I mean, right. I think, I think see, it turns I, I into just, everyone plays their position, right? Correct. The rapper's role, because they, they can't touch the community the way you can, their role is inspiration. Get them started. Yeah. Then, then people like yourself who come in. And you take that inspiration and you turn it into something real, something tangible. That inspiration is now, you teach them how to go and act inside that inspiration. The the skill set, the
0: action steps, et cetera. And so- So it's like a, the rapid plant at the seed and now I can actually- Correct, it. But mm-hmm. from a community perspective, I think what we have discounted and because anyone could theoretically go buy a house with some capital or whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, and this is where I'm looking to change the game is that usually when we want to get into real estate, we go to real estate school. Right. Most are say, I want to get into real estate, they'll go to a real estate school. Right. But they don't understand it's a realtor licensing school. It's not a school that teaches you how to acquire real estate and develop real estate and invest in real estate. It teaches you how to sell real estate for other people and get a commission. Right. So, yeah, it's part of the system. <laughs> holistically, we haven't learned it at home. We don't learn it in school. Where the hell do you actually learn real estate investing from a fundamental or curricula standpoint? Right. And that's where, again, our school is looking to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. And be an educational institute where we can go to online in our K-12s through our satellite campuses that are going to be rolling out throughout the country to say, yo, you know what? I want to learn how to buy back the bus. I want to learn real estate investment. Yeah. So I'm going to go actually get some training on how to do it so I can do it wisely. And, you know, we, what we advocate is there's just what I've learned these last 15 years in the business is that, yo, real estate's for everybody. And all the excuses I hear from the tens of thousands of people that I mentor— the excuses just don't exist. It's not credit. It's not cash. The issue is strategy. I could give you $100,000 right now, right? So screw your credit. Or your credit could be a 720 but still, I give you a dollar property. What do you do next? Mm-hmm. You right. got $100,000. So I give you a dollar property and $100,000. Now, what do you do next? So the education education plus opportunity equals success. So let's, let's do it this way. You pose the question what,
2: what do, do you they do, do next? next? Great question.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you teed it up. It was beautiful. Sure. So one of the biggest things I explain to the people is that getting some kind of fundamental training and understanding real estate is so critical in it because not in a three-hour podcast or in a four-hour workshop can you really get all of what you really need to learn. Mm -hmm. You got to respect the industry. Respect the game. Yeah. It's It's like cutting hair. If I think that I'm going to get a... uh, somebody going to show me how to do a fade in about an hour and a half and y'all got it. I'm about to start doing fades now. I'm going to be a a cosmetologist, a barber. But you are mistaken. You ain't respecting the industry. Right. right? Same thing for auto mechanic or whatever the hell you want to trade. Any industry. Any specialized knowledge. Yep. So that's first and foremost. Understand that you're going to need some... At some point, some mentorship coaching or some real training. Right? Absolutely. The high level of what you do next and if you got a dollar property, you got some capital, right? So identify five kinds of rich people. People that are cash rich, you got savings, you got cash in your shoebox, under your mattress, you got some cash in your pocket, wherever you got some cash, right? You have folks that are credit rich. You have a healthy credit profile, healthy credit score, which can be leveraged for all kinds of funding, financing, joint venture opportunities, et cetera, right? You got folks that are asset rich. You got mutual funds, stocks, 401ks, pensions, et cetera. Those things, there's ways to Utilize those things to in- invest as well. You have folks that are um, equity rich. Right. You have the inherited property, you pur- purchased your first home or your family had property, whatever it is, and that property has increased in value, or you got it free and clear and it has value more than what you owe, right. and you have equity that could be tapped into, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have those who ain't got none of that crap, but are rich in ambition. Jay, I ain't got no credit, no equity, no cash, or no assets, but I'm willing to figure out what I gotta do to go get it. With those aspects, when it comes to anything in real estate development, what you have to understand is, and I, I talk about this on something I call my real estate math class I do on YouTube when I'm, I'm rolling out soon, is first and foremost, you got to understand your acquisition price on all, on all real estate opportunities. Strip mall, two-family, single-family, land lot, whatever it is. You need to understand what's your acquisition, what's your purchase price. There's a step before all of that in building your team. You need to put some professionals around you, your, whether it be your attorney, your realtor, finance professional, uh, title agent, appraiser, etc., you should be familiar with the players you need in the industry to facilitate that transaction.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You should not be asking your, your Aunt Ruth some accounting advice unless she's a an accountant. You shouldn't right. be asking your cousin Art about some legal advice. Yo, bro, you think I should uh sign this contract? <laughs> you think 10 days of due diligence is enough? And Art is not an expert in that area or, or an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to understand what professionals you actually need to mm-hmm. make your play work. And see, I related in our corner class to the streets. It's like when I first started hustling when I was 15 years old, my father said, all right, boy. And my father was in the streets. And he said, all right, I heard you out there moving your little packs. He said, well, if you're going to sell drugs, he said, the first thing you better do is save $10,000. Oh, he found out I had a gun. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, you want to you carry guns? He said, all right. He said, you better have $10,000 saved. That's going to be your bail. And so that was my first mm-hmm. goal. He said, he said that's going to be your bail and your attorney. Mm-hmm. And as I started hustling in the streets, I knew I needed a bail bonds that I need to have a relationship with. I needed an attorney. I needed to have a criminal attorney to have a relationship with. I need to know who the transporters, who the cookers in town, who the shooters, who the everybody else. I need to survive on this corner. You had to have a team. You need yeah. a team in any industry. Well, in real estate, if you're going to look at buying back the block, the first thing you want to do is be able to establish who are my professional team, who are my resources and allies to support me in my mission to buy back the block. I can't use my traffic attorney to do my real estate closings. And, but do I even understand what's needed in a real estate closing? Am I even educated, have an understanding enough of what goes on in the closing? That's why I say the information is so important, right? I could tell you everybody you need on a team, but now when your attorney says your escrow deposit is due, do you know what an escrow deposit is? (laughs) Or if if your lender says, hey, it's going to be one point on this transaction, do you know what one point is? Or, hey, I can lend you money at a 96.5% LTV, do you know what an LTV is? So that's why the understanding is so... under. So I can, t- I can tell you right now in this podcast everything you got to do. Yeah. But if you don't got an understanding, it's going to be like, when I was with the Panama my wife...
2: You're going to be speaking German to him.
0: Thank you. We in Panama, I'm asking the waiter, like, oh, th- no pork in this, Right. He just said yes to everything. Oh, the chicken. <laughs> yes. This, hey, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. 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 i to say Nothing you said, but yeah.
0: It's very hard to maneuver yeah. in a foreign territory, you're not speaking the language of the yeah. land. It's yeah. hard to maneuver in a real estate territory if you're not speaking the language of the land. Yeah. So and that's, it can be quite
1: dangerous to do that.
0: Be very dangerous. Yeah. So high level, you want to build a team. You then want to look at the assets and find out how much of the assets cost me. How much do I does it cost for me to renovate them or rehab them if they need any renovations? Right. Um, how much is the potential market value of this uh, asset, especially from an investment standpoint? So, if you're looking to flip, you want to know how much am I in this for? All in renovation fees, uh, that includes appraisals. Uh, you're paying referral fees, wholesale fees. Your all-in cost. How much have I spent or would spend to acquire this property and develop this property to market standards? You want to mm-hmm. know that first and foremost. That's your investment. Then you want to know how much. On the resale end of a flip, can I get for this investment on the open market with me doing the work, the scope of work that I have set out to do? Right. So you're going to add those numbers up. So I'm going to say, hey, I'm getting this property for a dollar. I had contractors or a builder come in and say he could build it out for $76,000. So I know I'm in it for $76,001. Right. But the guy who referred me to the person or the appraisal I got or the inspection I got or the environmental law I got, those things cost 3000 So now I'm in it for seventy-nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars right? Those are my all-in costs to make this happen. So now you're going to look at that and say, well, what can I get for it on the open market, my ARV, after repair value? So you find out through your realtor mm-hmm. and you find out through comps, finding comparable properties, three properties that have sold right. within one square mile right. within the last six months, the average sales price of those homes. You'll then find out what that, after repair value is of that blank lot you got or that building you renovated or whatever it is, and then you'll look at that price and determine your potential profit. So if I was in it for $79,000 and I find out through my comps that or appraisal that I could sell this property for $109,000, I know I got a $30,000 potential profit margin from this flip. And the next thing Make you want to do— hmm. Right, when you look, find out your potential profits, let's say in this case it's $30,000— you want to divide your profit, $30,000, divided by your investment, $76,000, and that's going to tell you what your ROI is. So, and I believe sure. in apples to apples, on to oranges. ROI return
2: on investment. Return yes. on investment.
0: So, why that's important, and I don't know if any of you have a calculator on your phone or laptop or whatever, let's, let's do that math. 30,000 divided by 79,000. Got it going. Okay, great. And we're going to get a decimal. We're going to multiply that decimal times one hundred. It's going to give us a ROI percentage. Thirty thousand divided by seventy six thousand. Seventy nine thousand. That was our all in cost in this scenario. Seventy nine thousand one dollar. I want to tell our, our audience why that is so important for us making fi- these financial decisions. 0.379. Point three seven nine. That was close. So times one hundred, or, or move the decimals two spaces over. Thirty seven percent, or thirty eight percent, rounded up. So why that's important is this. It's not just about, oh, I can make 30 grand. Because mm-hmm. you can invest 400,000, sell something for 430, and right. still make 30 grand. Mm-hmm. But now, let's divide $30,000 profit yeah. divided by a $400,000 investment. So it's not about just how much profit you can make. Because 30 grand ain't just 30 grand.
1: Uh, 0.
0: 0.075. I was on the other side. Yeah. 0.075? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's 7.5%. Right, you're on the other side. Yeah. So that's at 7.5%. So, Ian, in both scenarios, you made $30,000. But one called for a $40,000, a $400,000 investment. Mm Right. So, your return on—so, basically, what ROI says is, what's the best use I can get of this $400,000? So, in this case, you can get a 7.5% usage of it, right? In our $79,000 scenario, what's the best use for $79,000? We're saying we can get a 38% return. Mm -hmm. So, now, what you ask yourself at home with your wife, your significant other— with your kids, your family, your partners, as you say, hey, we can invest $79,000 we got in our 401k, our pension, our IRA, the equity in our home, the cash in our bank, or we can use this business line of credit or whatever it is. This $79,000 sitting in our CD is getting us 2.75%. This $79,000 in our mutual fund is getting us 5%. This $79,000 in my shoebox is getting 0%. I'm zero trying to not percent. clap right
1: now. Yeah.
0: Right? Is getting you 0% sitting in your shoebox, actually losing you 3% a year because of the cost of inflation. So now you gotta say, what's the best and use? And you're paying of... fees on it. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> sorry. So, what's the best use of my $79,000? In this scenario, I can get 38%. You know what? From half wrong, I can get 18%, 19%. Right. If you miss, if I'm you half still... wrong with that half, yeah. I'm still at 9%. <laughs> if I'm half wrong with that half, it still beats it my money's currently It everything what money's doing, yeah. Yep, right? You could be and wrong. so these are the things you want to know when you talk about <laughs> making sound investments. So your family can make an informed decision. That, that's what I'm saying. Buy back the block, Rick the decisions. is teaching our people to make informed decisions. Like, hold up. Because we, sometimes, again, we're getting our own way. Wait, you mean I got to invest 79000 only made thirty? This is the kind of stuff that we'll hear. Right. Or, wait, why would I do that? So, for instance, um. What are you making right now with that? Correct. We don't look at it like that. We don't look at the opportunity cost of money yeah. and what can I be making right now? Or, folks, or, uh, you know, I have some... I mean, annu- let
2: alone like return on time. You start putting that valuation in there.
0: Come Not on. to mention that we, we did it in six months or eight months. Right. Correct. Correct. Now you're annualizing it. Now, you, annual- now, you, now you're annualizing it and now it's 76000 percent Right. Right.
2: <laughs> Brother, you just hit her with so much information. This is my question. <sighs> The corner classes.
0: Yeah. Is this the type
2: of information you're giving out on your Bro, corner go in
0: on the corner. So,
2: so listen, I just th- I th- want to break something down for you. If, if you haven't heard this type of information before, <laughs> this brother's talking about standing outside on your block teaching for free. Unsolicited. He out there giving it to you. The information he's going over, this is, so there's a connection (laughs) between real estate and the Klan. If you haven't realized it, right, the Klan was born through, survived, and strengthened through secrecy. That is the exact same thing. Until the internet got really big, that was happening in real estate. But now it's happening in wealth building. All these secrets are not being shared he is sharing these secrets. Boy, Come get so you much some. Game out yeah. here, man. Come like, get you and, some. And,
0: and, and we, and that's my thing. It's I only can meet us so far the way. <sighs> I mean, I got a thousand lectures on YouTube. We do free corner classes. Going back to we're going back to Ten Cities this year. Um, our online training classes. I mean, King, I mean, we're talking about just a few hundred bucks to get real curriculum, real assessment, real training, real specialized knowledge that one single strategy. I mean, this is life changing stuff. I just can't. And people are catching on. But the point is, to our people, is like, like uh, to your point, this is an opportunity for us to spread the information, hey, being man. that we have in this information age. Right, right. But you got to make some intentional decision some... and investment to, like, yo, I want to be put on the game. Right, and All then you... I want to
1: act on being on the game. Like you, you, you gotta. Well, your last name
0: depends on it. Listen, here's <laughs> my challenge to you. <laughs> If you don't act on it, you do a disservice to your children.
2: As this corner list, as the the corner class list comes out, find it in your city. Go to it. Again, it's free. Get that education. Go test some strategies. And then when you see the benefit, come back to them. Learn. Like This is the reason I'm so excited to talk about what we're talking about today is because all the things that we discuss on Wild Black, all the obstacles, all the inspiration that we talk about—it like, is all rooted right here. <laughs> like this is the key yeah. to moving past that stuff. Yep. Like, like Justin Blue said, all the boxes. when the people can no longer take the food off of your plate, they are
0: powerless. And now you this is how freedom. we do it: real estate, wealth building. This is how you get that power. Please, mm-hmm. please listen. That's why I'm out there in the corners, King. Honestly, is because this is where. This is where it could say. Mm. is being able to control our financial destiny, being able to have real financial freedom, being able to create money out of thin air. Like, we just... just so much we just... You could literally... No gimmick, no guru. You could literally buy a whole apartment building, whole apartment complex with zero dollars out of your pocket. You literally can. I've done it. Mm. You literally can buy. You can. There's ways to do it. This is, not, I'm going to be on the corner in like, the class. That's what it is. And so <laughs> right. listen, and we also at even do you want better for those, and again, I, I invite everybody out to our corner class. The, the cities will be announced on my Instagram at Mr. J. Morrison. Also through our email list uh at jmorrisonacademy.com. Join our email list. Um look into our beginners program, advanced programs, one-on-one coaching, et cetera. I do want everybody everyone every better. You can call my team anytime, one eight four four, join JMA and get a free financial game plan. Mm. So if you want want to specifically look at your situation, your level of credit, cash, experience, training, whatever, and give you a real game plan on where you should start, one eight four four join jma We are that about it.
2: And listeners, yeah. we'll have all that in the episode description. So yes. you don't even have to hit rewind. Just expand your view, Ooh. and it's right there for you. So one thing that we, we hear a lot right now <laughs> outside of by the block back is, I'm going to get a bag. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody wants to go get a bag. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Check a bag. Right. What's the difference of going to get that bag, that bag of cash versus what you're teaching, like real wealth building breakdown? What's the difference for people?
0: Well, it kind of ties to what we said earlier is that you could get a big old bag. but How do you multiply the bag? Mm. How do you put the bag on autopilot?
2: Cause it ain't just an unlimited stash of bags for you to go keep picking up. <laughs> right. Ain't no ain't no bag depot. You know right, I mean? right. No bag multiplier, right? right. right. Like, yeah.
0: And then and then how do you scale the bag? How do you automate the bag? And then how do you, how do you make the bag grow on its own? Succession plan for the bag. Succession mm-hmm. plan meaning how do you create a plan for your heirs to inherit the bag and continue the bag and grow the bag? You talk, talk legacy. I'm I'm with that. Right, so if if all your so say you mm. got talent, you got hustle, you know how to get in the bag, but now how do you prepare your children, your cousins, your moms, your siblings, whoever gonna be your heirs? Right? Do you have a will for your bag? Is there you know? Do you have any estate planning for your bag? Mm. Is your bag insured? <laughs> Is your life insured part of the value of your bag? Right. So if you die today, would your family be able to maneuver the bag? Would they be able to find the bag? Could they grow the <laughs> bag? Could they live off the bag?
2: Did you even show your family what the bag looked like? Find the bag. They
3: the
0: bag. Yeah, yes. So it's bigger than the bag. (laughs) I love how you broke that down. (laughs) It's bigger than the bag.
2: (laughs) That's real. Oh,
1: man. That is real. So, one, kind of just bringing this back just a little bit. How did you get into this real estate game or investment game, this entrepreneurial game? Like, how did you, how did you, one get introduced to it, and then two, how did you begin to increase your knowledge in the game in order to be able to do what you do?
0: That's a great question, and it's a loaded question, I'm going to give you a loaded answer yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, So how'd I got, how did I get into it? So very interesting, and I'll, I'll try to make it as short as possible. How I really got into it, first, serious about real estate in any kind of way, was I was on parole at 22 years old in New Jersey. I had just come home from a year and a half in prison in Maryland. And before that, I served a year in prison in New York. Mm-hmm. And so I was a three-time felon at the time, 22 years old, on this intense supervision parole program. And I hated parole so much, I had decided to go back to prison. Damn. To finish my time. Cause it was six o'clock curfews. It was random drug uh. tests, breathalyzer tests, journal, men's groups had to have a job. This wasn't no, like, parole, you just chill at home parole. This was, like, active parole.
2: So you, you decided, I want to go back and finish inside.
0: Yeah. So, that's, my, that's my, so my, my 22-year-old plan was, excuse my language, fuck this parole. I'm about to go back to prison, finish my last six to eight months, and come home on no papers. That was my plan. I was like, I love my daughter. My daughter's probably, like, four or five years old. I love my, my girlfriend at the time. I love freedom. I love food, but I hate parole. Fuck this shit. I'm out. And so, I'm, te- I- I'm telling you... Yeah, this- I-, I
2: ain't never heard it that way that,
0: before. That's, 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 that's deep. There's reality. It's yeah. he, real he does
2: everything different. I see that.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I'm in this men's group, right? This men's group in Plainfield, New Jersey. And it was all felons, part of this parole program. We're mm-hmm. all in this round circle. We get there grumpy on Saturday morning. And I'm telling this to the group and the pastor of the group, who the, the mentor of the group, Antoine Thomas, Pastor Antoine Thomas. And after the group, he said, listen, I hear you. I know you want to go back to prison. But before you decide to do that, take this card and go see my wife. She's a processor at a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. The issue I had with parole was I had a job at like a factory, right? When I first came home. Mm-hmm. I worked it for one day. They fired me. I'm not like, I'm doing no factory shit.
3: Right.
0: I, my next job was at a shoe store. Worked at the shoe store for a women's shoe store. Worked at a shoe store for a few months. It was cool. They ended up letting me go. Right? Mind you, I never had a job in my life. I was a, a, I was a hustler. Right. Yeah. Right? So I have to have a job to stay on parole, though. So the next job I got was at a, was at a call center, doing like uh, telemarketing. That didn't work out, right? Yeah. Then I got I got I got approved by a adult men's uh adult video store. Okay. They hired me to be a cashier. Parole said no, you can't do that. I said why? That's legal. And so I got my bullshit like fuck that. Then I'm going back to jail. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like if I can't have the job I want to have, right? So anyway. He introduced me to the mortgage company. I walked in and got my first job in the real estate business as a loan officer while on parole, getting a 30% commission, originating loan paperwork. I had no idea what none of that shit was, but Flexible Benefits Mortgage Company in Plainfield, New Jersey, walked me through how to fill out a 1003 in a mortgage application. They taught me the concept of a mortgage, taught me the concept of a FICO score, taught me the concept of these things, and my grandmother was gracious enough to allow me to refinance her house. And I made about $3,300 on her refinance.
3: Nice. Just
0: pushing the papers, getting her loan documents, get the appraisal. And I learned it that way. Then my aunt said, okay, Jay, you could do mine too. Refinanced my aunt's house, made $2,900. I'm like, that's made like six grand refinancing goddamn houses on some paperwork. Yeah, mm. I'm like, this, this little mortgage thing ain't that bad. And so I did that for several months, graduated the parole program, and then went right back to the streets. Started mm. hustling again on for a few more years. Um, went, but mind you, I had built my credit, got my secure credit cards, my secure loans, was building my credit, paying on my credit all this time, tried to buy a four-unit, got talked out of it by a realtor who didn't know what they were doing, talked me out of a great deal because the joist beam in the basement was bent. So he's like, you don't want this house, the joist beam is bent, the house is sinking. This is a, a four-family I was getting in Irvington, New Jersey, brought in like $5,000 a month in rent. I was getting it for one ninety nine. dollars he talked me out of it as a young investor. I didn't know any better. Hey, my realtor said, don't get it. I ain't going to get it. Yeah, I got my inspection and all listening. that. Didn't know I could pay three grand for, at Home seat. Depot, jack it up, support the house, right? That same property sold for $370,000 plus two years later. Wow. I would have got it for 200000 Missed out on a quarter million dollars or, or so of, or nearly a quarter million dollars of, I think it was 399 actually in change. It sold for. Missed out because of bad realtor information. And when that property failed, that four unit, I. that's when I went back to the streets. I tried to do real estate, start investing. It didn't work. It's just too slow. I'm back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm back. Got back yeah. into the industry nearing, I think, 2005, approaching 25 years old. I went through a bunch of ups and downs in the streets, some cl- really close calls. Was selling dope or at least supplying my dope, supplying my corner in North New Jersey with dope uh, on 10th and Springfield and 100th and Avon, North New Jersey. Approaching 25 years old, I was like, yo, I can't keep doing this shit, right? Now, mind you, I've been selling drugs since I was 15 years old. It's 10 years in the game now. 10 years in the game, three felonies, two and a half years in prison. My daughter was born while I was in prison, and she was turning seven seven years old. I mean, I'm going to parent-student career days at school and they like, what your dad do? I got to make up some shit, right? Yeah. So on the corner one day, reflecting in the morning, I'm like, yo, I got to change direction. So <laughs> that day, cold turkey, I broke my trap phone. I had like four ounces left. I gave it to my, my partner. I dipped and was like, yo, I'm going to go back to the mortgage company. I'm going to try real estate full time. Because I challenged myself and said, yo, I never gave nothing 100% in my life other than the corner. Or I-95 where I was trafficking. I never gave nothing 100% other than the streets. So I don't even know what my potential looks like anywhere else. Yeah. And so I said, well, Jay, are you a hustler or are you a drug dealer? Because a hustler can hustle anything. A drug dealer only can sell drugs. Mm-hmm. And That's I was real. like, fuck that. I'm a hustler. And so I left the streets and went back to the mortgage company. I had about 30-something thousand left saved in some jewelry and some other shit. And I literally just went into the mortgage company this white guy called my white dad, John Wenzel, he hired me, he knew my whole story, took me under his wing. He was starting a new branch. He had left Allied Home Mortgage starting a new branch and brought me under his wing. I literally had him put his chairs and desks together in the office and I, I just sat up under him from, I left my crib at seven in the morning, drove an hour to work. And gave a hundred percent to get on. And gave this. a million percent to understanding what the fuck my new hustle was going to be and how the business worked. And, I, and when, I, when I left, and I got into real estate I got my first uh, single-family property it was a property I purchased with my mom. It was under my name because her credit had got shot from a foreclosure. Um, but I bought a house for my mom from some equity we had built in the house. We, we purchased a home in in the year 2000. Um, she put three percent down, three thousand down on a hundred thousand dollar house. That house went up in value a hundred grand in three years.
3: Mm.
0: We sold that house after she was facing foreclosure. She gave I helped her pay her foreclosure off and tax lien off. It was like ten or twelve grand, and she gave me thirty-three thousand dollars. Helping her out from her profits. And that was another reason why I got into real estate. But this was mind you, I was 23 at the time. And I'm like, damn, 23, 24. I'm like, damn, we just made 100 grand as a family, our first family 100 grand ever outside of what I did. And yeah. I'm like, off living here. We ain't paint, we ain't renovate, we ain't nothing. We just lived in a joint. And I trapped off the front porch. <laughs> but we still made 100 grand in three years. Yeah. So, And I made a flip by paying off her tax lien for 12 grand. She Mm -hmm. gave me 33,000. I'm like, damn, this real estate shit ain't that bad. And so, between real estate school, getting a foundation, between my mortgage experiences, between my acquisition experiences, between trial and error, I was able to build myself up and make my first million within my first three years in the business. Damn. And then became an author, celebrity realtor, NBC real estate expert, uh, managed millions of real estate, uh, consult, coach, mentor fund manager, all this other shit that I've done over 36 businesses um, under my management, millions in real estate and business assets, all that just got it out the mud. Yeah. So whether you're a beginner and you want to go to the corner class or our beginners program online, we got a, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to be dated, we got a, a, a four-hour workshop this weekend in New Jersey with Derek Grace, another activist and entrepreneur in our community doing a four-hour workshop, buybackourblocks.com. We'll have that replay out there. My I, I, I give it to us at whatever level you need it. You need it totally free right now, I got you. You ready to invest a little bit of time in you, I got you. You ready to do a full curriculum and get certified, I got you. You want one-on-one coaching, I got you. You want to sit with an hour of me one-on-one in the office in Buckhead, I got you. You want me to come fly in and meet with your family and bust it all down for you, I got you. From a coaching perspective, my I, man. I, I, I charge a premium for my coaching. I don't charge what my competitors and counterparts charge and what man. I should charge for my coaching because I know my value really is. So I discount my services because I know who my audience is. Right. So I watch people, athletes, entertainers, and others buy real estate. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm over here if you need me. But go ahead, do you? And oh, we yeah, find yeah. it hard sometimes to because I'm 38 years old, I'm a peer amongst many of these people. We find now you'll take somebody with some slicked back hair, don't look like me, <coughs> whatever, whatever, and you'll pay him more than you pay me to get the That's same. That's the
2: conditioning.
0: Yeah, That's because condition. you feel like you're, you're learning from me or you're a peer or I'm blah, whatever it is, but bro. I go toe-to-toe with anybody. No, very few people know this how I know this. And I know this enough to know what I don't know. And be like, all right, I know what to call to get the information I don't know and what I need to make this happen.
2: Hey, that that's a very important thing he just said. Know what you know, but also know what you don't know. Know when to go get some help. And he's offering you some know help. Everything, right? I, know I know a lot. Well, brother, listen, so true. Man, I, I cannot thank you enough for spending a little time. With Wild Black. Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely, I'm gonna do it right, right. here. Say so like, there's so much more I want to be able to talk about. We didn't even get through the, the... right. I told him so we won't get through much of the questions. No, well, good yeah. ones we never did. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep, we never. Brother, do. I, I would love if you would come back some point in the future and just talk to us a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'll be back, man. Let's, let's set something up. Thank you guys again for just the love and and really for having this platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, for Appreciate our that. community to be able to build, then. Galvanize, be encouraged, know yeah. that, you know, what you feel and I'm feeling. And we right. ain't, we, you ain't alone. going through this, this oppression alone, this degradation right. alone, this economic exploitation They're alone, on. that, you know, we're, we're in it together. Um, so I do want to encourage your audience again. Um, we'll be back raising capital on Tulsa Real Estate Fund very shortly. TulsaRealEstateFund.com um, to learn more about, again, creating your account, becoming an investment partner doing the good work. We got a building at East Point, Georgia. We're developing right now. The Black House. It's a legacy center. All black building we're developing. 30,000 square foot building. A TV and film production studio plus shared workspace. We have uh, multiple assets throughout the country that we're underwriting, developing, partnering in, etc. So if you guys have real estate deals that you want funding for or capital partner for, the Tulsa Real Estate Fund is not for me to go develop real estate. It's for me to be a fiduciary and responsible party for us to raise capital together, to deploy that capital into our collective real estate investment. So if you need a capital partner for your investments, please submit your opportunities at Fund.com. And if you want to learn how to build wealth through real estate, jmorrisonacademy.com, 1-844-JOIN-JMA, anytime, whatever way we can help you. We have credit services, we have business funding services, Uncollateralized, unsecured business funding opportunities, no W 2s, no tax returns, no pay stubs needed. We got all types of opportunities on the financial spectrum for you, plus massive education. So I want to encourage your audience to check into all that.
2: Awesome. And Absolutely. follow me on the
0: gram at Mr. J. Morrison. Yeah.
2: And, and one last, very, very quick question. Yes, sir. I'm assuming that the name, the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, is related to everything that happened. In, in between those streets, what was at uh, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine mm-hmm. with the Black Wall Street in Tulsa 1921? Is that a fair assumption?
0: That is a that is an amazing assumption. Um, we did not want to name our fund the Black Wall Street Fund and mm-hmm. try to get an SEC approval and, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and regular. So that have been some roadblocks. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, our fund is called the Tulsa Real Estate Fund to pay homage to the. Uh, Greenwood community known as Black Wall Street right. that was built from 1905 to 1921 by O.W. Gurley and J.B. Stafford. Yep. 36 square blocks of our 2,000 homes and businesses that were burned down, planes, bombs, all that, uh, and multiple hundreds of members of our community massacred uh, on June 1st, 1921, between May and uh, uh, May and June, and was rebuilt actually five years later, but then taken through urban renewal. Yeah. But But um, our fund yep. is named after the Black Wall Street community, paying homage to that and using that model. That's what it's inspired by. I love we created it. it. Uh, millions in capital commitments, millions of capital raised, millions of capital deployed. Uh, we get our scrutiny. We get, from and unfortunately, from our own community. Of course. Um, having, you know, any infractions, no compliance complaint, no, none of that. But we get, you know, we get our fair share of, of now unfair share, in my opinion, but of, of scrutiny, et cetera. But we out here doing the work. Like, no matter what, we continue moving, we continue doing our work. Anything you see me involved in is going to have 100% effort behind it and it's it going to be, in some means, progressive um, towards that solution of unifying, repairing, and healing our people.
2: I mean, you, you get that scrutiny because how can we believe in you when we don't believe in ourselves? Yeah. And I think that that's what you're changing, that's what we're trying to change. yep.
0: yep. And we don't know what love, black love really looks like and really feels like. That's it. You know what I mean? And You're so, and we've been duped and we've been scammed and we've been, you know, misled and bamboozled and hookwinked and all of that, but... That was the name of the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. Man, so, yeah. screw what I say. I can tell you all, I could be charismatic as hell up here. Watch me. But watch my work. this work. Watch me. Watch yeah. my work. Wild Black.
2: Too Wild much black information. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Real, real, real info. We talk about Black Wall Street all the time. Go dig in. Do your research. Quick tip, the Gap Band. That's where their name came from as well. Mm-hmm. Go learn about it. That's all we got today. man. That's Man, we, we hit you with a lot.
3: Appreciate hit you. Old, with a man.
2: lot. <laughs> Wild Black. We, we love it.
1: Wild Black. Peace. We out.